Welcome to Let's Explore This, your weekly podcast featuring three Sigma bros. I'm your host, Kevin, along with my co-host, Sam. Last second, I gotta finish my ice cream. Okay, we're good. All right. I hope that ice cream was good. You're gonna brain um, freeze. <laughs> Adam uh, actually just uh, tied the knot, so he is on his honeymoon this week. Congratulations, Adam. Congrats! <laughs> um so how you been sam uh pretty good i'm still hung over from adam's reception which was over a week ago yeah yeah you, that's what happens when you when you have an open bar <laughs> but no oh, everything else has been pretty good uh i switched over finally big news i finally switched my um radio setting so now i'm listening to sirius xmu like he's told me to oh nice Good recommendation. Far superior to alt radio. Yeah, they play a lot of play a lot of Radiohead yeah. too. Thumbs up. They do. Is that guy's name's Tom York, right? Yeah, the lead singer of Radiohead. Yep. Um, they, they play some of his solo stuff on there too. Nice. And then they have some song called Spoons or something. Don't put me on the spot. Probably. I just remember it's called Spooner. I don't remember. I'm I'm getting off on a tangent here. Um. But yeah, I, I that's that was the first. That's actually how I learned that the lead singer of Radiohead's name was Tom York was because he was on there, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. So I looked him up, and he said he was in Radiohead. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, Tom York's solo stuff is really good. His last uh, album, Anima, was super good. There's like a short on Netflix. It's like a 25 minute, basically, it's like a 25 minute music video of like a bunch of his songs from that album, and it's pretty good. Okay. It's really artsy, just like Tom. That's cool. Yeah. So it's on Netflix if y'all want to check it out. Cool. But yeah, last week we were back. I was back in the motherland of Minnesota um, for Adam's wedding. Uh, it was a great time. Got to see everybody too, including Sam. Should have brought our microphone so we could have done a live session. <laughs> yeah, should have. Do you think Adam's Adam's wife would have liked that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey, I got to report the record the podcast. But yeah, when I was back home, I picked up some coffee beans from a new roastery called Straight River Coffee. A plus. Sam, you need to go there. Uh, I'll think about it. I just prefer the K-cups I get. Oh, you do K-cups, bro? Yeah. I don't like I, I don't want to put the effort. I'm, you know how lazy I am? You want to like, grind my own beans? It's not hard. All you do is press a button. Or you could get pre-ground. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. When you when you get the the beans, this the beans I'm holding up in the webcam right now are Ethiopian. It's a whole bean, because I grind my own beans, and it's a dark roast. Did you know that light roast has more caffeine in it than dark roast? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Because the more it roasts, the more caffeine it burns off the bean. Interesting. So I tried to get a light roast, but they didn't have any light roast there. That was they had a pre-ground light roast, but they didn't have any whole bean light roast. Do you have or so are you a light, medium, or dark? I drink dark roast most of the time, but I did want to try a, a, a light roast. Yeah, I, I didn't have it. I used to be more um, dark roast heavy, but ever since I tried the. It's like the Folgers 1850. I think it's called. <laughs> it's good shit. Like it's yeah. good. It's Sounds like 
um lantern glow the light roast it's just like i've been light roast ever since light to medium dark's just a little too too much for me mm-hmm. but yeah i like african beans because when i was a child uh i saw a program on pbs about how latin america or south america dominates the bean industry the coffee bean industry you know like costa rica and colombia i think are the heavy hitters mm-hmm. um and and so if you buy more coffee beans from africa which are just as good it gives their farmers more money to grow you know coffee instead of like some dumpy at they were talking about chat i, I don't know much about chat do you, you know what that is no i don't it's like uh it's a drug it's like a root I think that you chew on and hot. Yeah, yeah. The one that like, like makes you like hallucinate. Yeah. How do you spell it? Uh I have no idea. I thought it was C H A T T E. But either way, it was basically saying this PBS program was basically saying get you, get you some African beans so that uh, their economy can do better. And I support that because African yeah. beans are really fucking good, dude. They they are actually really good. I can't remember what I have right now because I threw away the packaging after I the bag that I bought perfectly fit into my coffee grinder. So I threw away the bag, unfortunately. Um, but I have these Ethiopian beans next and I have a third bag, too. But yeah, if you the, so I, I heard this from a coffee roaster. Who, so he's probably just trying to sell me. But um, never trust a salesman. Yeah. <laughs> but there was this coffee roaster um, at the farmer's market I went to when I first moved out here. And uh, he told me that the beans protect uh, the coffee from free radicals, like the shell of the bean, so that the coffee flavor stays fresh longer than ground. So like the pre-ground, like the the essence of the coffee, essentially, the pre-ground coffee is getting hit by free radicals and it goes stale quicker, which that makes sense to me. Like a slice of an apple goes bad faster than an apple, unsliced, you know what I mean? I'm really uh, liking what Seattle's done to you. Like you're complete, you're completely turning to this like hipster douchebag kind of thing, <laughs> and I, I'm enjoying it very much. I can't wait till you come back again and we can talk about you know IPAs and how they're brewed. Hey, I don't, I don't. I actually told Hannah last night that I am over craft beer. Oh, really? I'm over it. You just going back to PBR? That's it. Well, I mean, for quite some time, I just drank like Labatt Blue, which I think is a solid beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never. I also kind of like the what? So they just drink thirty Mooseheads. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that again. It's just the thing with a macro beer; you can drink thirty of them as long as you eat a ton of food the whole day. Um, I still don't know how we did that. Yeah, I guess some a backstory here: Sam and our friend Chris. Uh, came and visited me my first I think it was my first Thanksgiving in Erie Mm -hmm. and uh, I had to take him to in Erie you got the beer there's beer stores and then state run wine and liquor stores and so the beer stores you could either go to the bar to buy a six pack which now you can go to the gas station or whatever buy six packs or you go to the beer distributor and you can only get previously I don't I don't know what the rules were. Like now you can go to a gas station or grocery store and get like 192 ounces of beer, which I think is like a, I want to say it's a 12 pack and like a couple 
bumpers or bombers, whatever you call them. Um, And anyway, or it's a you can, and then they also package them like fifteen packs, which I I enjoy a fifteen pack of beer. I think think that would be that that'd be about one hundred ninety two divided by twelve should be eight or no, not eight, uh, fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's well, that's what it was. It was the fifteen packs. Sixteen. It's sixteen. Sixteen. 16. Yeah. Uh, but they they did have they had fifteen packs. So I'd buy these fifteen or sixteen packs of uh, the all day IPAs when we'd go out on the lake or something, and that's pretty cool. So I took Sam and Chris to the beer distributor, which is like a drive through, like a car wash building. But you just drive through and you tell the guy to put whatever in the back of your car, and we got two. We got thirty moose heads, and we got a like a 28 pack of like Molson or something. Mm-hmm. And we drank. I think we got 24 moose heads because you got we, two 12 packs and then we got a big case of Molson's, but we drank 30 beers that day. Yeah. We drank all the moose head and we didn't get drunk. Yeah. I don't know how we, I don't know how, like we just kept drinking them. And do you remember when I, I cooked bacon and eggs in the morning and I used, <laughs> I melted butter on the pan before we put the bacon on. <laughs> That's right. It was all the like <laughs> thick grease that prevented us from getting drunk. That was such a stupid thing of me to do. Like, you don't need to butter. Put, you don't need to put oil or butter down when you cook bacon. Oh, my God. I just remember there being like a just a very clear layer of fat on the griddle after I got done with that. Yeah, because... I- I have just have this really vivid memory of you like pouring the grease and you just standing over I don't know if it was like the trash can or I don't remember where it was, but you were just like staring and it looked like you were staring into the abyss, just pouring this thick grease out of the pan. <laughs> it's like this is how this visit is going. It's perfectly just just yeah. shows what's happening here. Yeah. That was a good time though. It was a very good time. Uh, do you remember the my downstairs neighbor came up and told me to shut up? Yeah. And I just like I I, I open the door and this girl's like, "You're being kind of loud." And I'm just like, "I know. I'm sorry. We'll quiet down." And I just <laughs> close the door. <laughs> yeah. And wasn't it the next day that I started screaming from your stairs as well? No, that morning you did. Oh, that morning. Okay. Yeah, because we. We were watching the Vikings game. I was trying to get the Vikings game going, and all of a sudden you start screaming, and I'm like, "What is happening downstairs?" <laughs> well, we were mad because Kevin ended up switching his language on his stream or whatever to finish, <laughs> so like nobody could understand like what was going on because the entire thing was in Finnish. Yeah, because Kevin's a dillweed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doing that. Yeah, it was on. My, I had a Steam link. That's what where we're using that's funny did the vikings even win that game i don't remember probably not i remember i was wearing my brett Favre jersey that day i still have it nice it's a classic you need to keep it forever Mm -hmm. back to what we were talking about (laughs) yeah were we talking about oh yeah cheap beer um so like back in december basically i've been having like allergic reactions to beers every now and then and like one time I drank a Kolsch and I got all fucked up from it. I drank an all day IPA at Adam's reception and I got all fucked up. So I gave it away. Like I didn't finish the beer. And all, all I can drink is cheap beer now. And a lot of those IPAs just kind of suck. Like I think they're switching back to like the New England IPAs, 
which are terrible. You can't really drink a ton of them. I mean, Back you're not spo- you're not supposed to drink a ton of them, regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just supposed to like enjoy them. They're like a like a dinner beer. Like when people have like wine with dinner, you're supposed to have those with like dinner. You have like yeah. one or two, and that's it. You're, you're not supposed to be like, let's do a case race, bro, and like <laughs> drink the whole th- whole thing. Yeah. Like that's just not what they're designed for. And I think people just take advantage of like the heavy alcohol content and be like, oh, I just gotta get fucked up. Pretty much. But yeah, Miguel actually uh, brought over these beers to my house a couple months ago called um, Victoria. I think it's a Mexican beer. They're actually really good. I think I've um, had a few of those before. Yeah. Uh, the only Mexican beers I had were Corona, Modelo, Tecate, and I had those Modelo and Agra, whatever. Isn't Pacifico? Pacifico. Yeah, I've had Pacifico. I like Pacifico. Yeah. <laughs> when I worked at the wine bar, it was when the Cubs, it was the season before the Cubs won the World Series, so they still did really well. And the owner, like the, it was a husband and wife owners, and the wife's dad came in, some old guy to watch the Cubs, like going to a wine bar to watch the baseball game. Um, <laughs> usually all they played was the Food Network. Uh, but, but yeah, they had the cubbies on. I actually, uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll finish. So she had Tecate in the cooler specifically for her dad. And so this old guy, like, he's looking at me and he's like, Get me a Tecate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, All right. Cool. I, I think I snuck a few of his Tecates every now and then. But uh, I like, I like that too. I like Mexican beer. Mexican beer is really good. Like, is it mm-hmm. Dos Equis as well? Oh, yeah. Dos Equis. I don't like Corona. I'm not a Corona guy. Really? Yeah. And like putting the lime in it and all that stuff. It's just gimmicky to me. And it just, yeah. it's too sour. It, not, even without the lime, the beer is just kind of like soury and gross. We used to use Pacific. I really like Pacifico because we used to use it to like um, make our steaks, like marinate our steaks. Oh, when mm-hmm. I was in the barracks. Back nice. when I was in the Marines, we'd make barrack steaks and. Pacifico beer, and then we just drink the rest and just have good memories, just throwing a bunch of those back. Good times. Yeah, whenever I go to the liquor store and I go to the, there's like the door with all the Mexican beers. I always call it the uh, NAFTA door. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I also like Molson. I think Molson's good, but I'll drink Labatt. Before I drink a Molson when it comes to Canadian beers. And actually, Labatt moved their headquarters to Buffalo. So, fuck off, Canada. They're not- <laughs> we won this war. <laughs> Too high of taxes up there in Canada, eh? Yeah. Fair labor practices up there in Canada, eh? Mm-hmm. So, understandable. Yeah. But, um, any, anyway. Um, did you what, the hell is, what, what the hell are we talking about today? Well... I did want to talk about January 6th. Didn't happen. The repercussions. It was Antifa. Of January 6th. So Trump had nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh, basically... Uh, Bunch I of tourists. This... <laughs> okay, I'm done. It was actually Antifa. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs> it was Antifa dressed as us. Could you imagine believing that? I, you had to be so brainwormed to think that. Like when I, I I was at work one day and I was just chatting with with my guy that I talked to quite a bit and 
I just said something about it. And he just goes, you know, it, it was actually Antifa were in there dressed as blah, blah, blah. And I just looked at him and like, no, they weren't. And we stopped talking about it. <laughs> I, I don't know. A lot of people have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to, you know, cope with reality. Yeah. This is the best. Everybody lives in their own little bubble, I guess. And some, I, I don't get it either, but. Yeah, I guess I, they just, I don't know. Maybe most of those Trumpers actually really do love America and they wouldn't think that their own people would do something like that. I, I think. I mean, I don't doubt these people love America, but it's like a warped vision of, you know, yeah. what America is. Like, it's, I don't know, like it, like I said, mental gymnastics to try and understand what the reality of the situation is. And so they'll do anything they can to make sure that they're on the right side of righteousness. Sure. Just crazy. But you know what? All these people that were at the Capitol on January 6th, they're just, they're just bad apples in the Trump bushel of apples. Okay, guys? The rest of them are good people. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> anyway uh so i was reading they're like you know the congress is like grilling the fbi in the pentagon on being a bunch of douchers um because well like, so I, re- I read this article uh, from politico it's titled shocking failure pentagon and fbi come under fire for january 6th response and it starts out by saying that um gab or sorry, Parler, um, says, don't be surprised if we take the Capitol building, says a post from Parler user, uh, from a Parler user who concluded Trump needs us to cause chaos to enact the Insurrection Act. So it's a, a House Oversight Committee hearing. That's what's going on right now. And they're grilling, the uh, the Democrats are grilling the FBI and stuff. So basically it's saying that Parler gave all these heads up to the FBI, like, hey, these people are going to go ape shit." Like, you might want to do something about it. And then they, you know, hardly secured the area. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and somebody in here said, despite previous law enforcement official testimony that Army Staff Director Lieutenant General Walter Pyatt recommended against deploying troops to the Capitol because of optics of sending armed soldiers, both Pyatt and General Charles Flynn, who's, I think, the brother of Michael Flynn, yeah, denied... Isn't it? That's so stupid. Like, I hate these dynasties in politics. Anyway, or in government. Well, it's uh, in military families, too. Yeah, that's crazy. So, Sometimes we should... I, I don't mean to, like, kind of sideway or segue off the topic, but, like, we should talk about... Um, Somebody had a really good point. I saw it, like, as a YouTube comment, of all places, talking about how we've created, like, a warrior cast within our system, about how the mm-hmm. military families kind of live i don't know it's it was interesting but we can talk about this some other time back to what you're saying but anyway it says both both this general walter pyatt and charles flynn denied using the term optics in discussing the pentagon's response to the insurrection um so like yeah basically they're being accused of saying like we don't want to make it look bad you know we don't want all these armed guys out there but they did that for like all the blm protests mm-hmm. so this is basically like we don't want to police them because they're white or maybe I, I just have such a hard time believing that these people, like the the military, like right. what what were they thinking? I I don't like I have a hard time like were they so ignorant to think that were they just like oh they're white people they there's no way they would get too rowdy and break into this place like is that what they were thinking? I don't. Or do they want them to? I think the I mean 
It sounds like every single, um, every single agency or anybody involved in security kind of dropped the ball all like collectively. Mm-hmm. Like you had all this information getting passed around and nobody did anything about it. Half of me wants to think that it's just you know because you hear you always hear a lot of chatter from like right wing um, posts and social media. Say like we're gonna take our guns and we're gonna do this and nobody's gonna take my guns. Blah 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 all the time. Like mm-hmm. semi-violent kind of rhetoric and i wonder if they're just saying well this is just coming from parlor it's all talk it's always always talk it's just never anything come out of it and maybe they were just like just dismissed it as that's what it was going to be well now we see like how they were like dead wrong about it but i don't know i believe yeah i don't know yeah it's just like do you think they wanted it to happen so they could try to police people more or like do you think they literally, like, I just have such a hard time thinking that these people are this ignorant. Like, granted, it was the Trump administration, technically, but the bureaucrats are still there. Like, maybe yeah. the guy on top isn't there anymore, but there's experienced, there's an experienced bureaucracy that could have taken over or should have taken over. I mean, I remember reading in the beginning that the FBI actually, like, re- or reached, or no, it was like the National Guard reached out to... The, the head of the Capitol Police and said, hey, shit's going down. You want backup? And he said no. And then I think the FBI reached out and said, hey, shit's going down. You want backup? And he said no again. And they kind of blamed it on that guy. So maybe it was just the Capitol Police leadership just being poor. Wasn't it till, until like I think Mike Pence like called up like the guard commander or something of that nature and then mm-hmm. they came in after that? I remember I so, it was yeah. something because like, Trump literally did nothing that day yeah. and it wasn't until like, him into a fear yeah. and it wasn't until like mike pence was like hey we actually need people over here to deal with this yeah i i don't know I, I hear a lot of conspiracies about like how this was like orchestrated as well and i mean to some degree like what we're learning with like what the fbi is saying is that people actually coordinated this whole thing yeah. and like parlor sent over all this information and then the people in charge of security just completely dropped the ball on it. And so do we go to like the conclusion, like the simplest answer is the easiest is that they were just, they just dismissed it completely. Like they just totally completely dropped the ball. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, race played, I'm race did play a role in it because if that was black lives matter or something like that, the response would have been completely different. Yeah. As we already saw earlier that like that year, that well, year I guess yeah. not, not that year, but you know, back in June of yeah. 2020. And so it's like, yeah, I think these people just thought they're a bunch of rednecks hooting and hollering and were like, Oh, no big deal. And then they got owned. And I mean, the guy who was in charge of the Capitol police ended up stepping down because of all this stuff. So maybe we just believe that. Yeah. That guy just screwed up. Yeah. It's complete utter breakdown and, communication i guess and then they just dismissed like the threats yeah it was dumb either way like i mean any way you want to put it like whoever dropped the ball is gonna have to get you know whatever punished or relieved of duty or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they need to start taking this shit seriously i mean how long has the fbi been toting that like white supremacy and far-right groups are like the biggest security threat we have and then they keep dismissing this dismissing this stuff like like, seriously i know straight fascism on the rise and we just dismiss it no yeah no no, don't worry about it it's fine 
yeah. All those crazy militias and stuff are out there. Do you remember when uh, Trump, in back in 2016, there was like, I saw some footage on the news of uh, these like right wing groups like training out in the woods in case Trump lost the election because they're going to like attack us. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, in- it's insane. <laughs> I, I just, what really I what I can't wrap my head around is it's, it's one thing if you're going to fall in line in a fascist like, uh, you know, because you got to fall behind like a dear leader. But Donald Trump, that that's the hill you're going to die on kind of figuratively like for like donald trump like i just don't i don't get it i don't either Uh, he's he's an idiot i mean mean, these people are or is he a genius or is he a genius (laughs) he's a branding genius that's for sure i can't tell but yeah so further into this article the fbi says his name's ray his last name's ray w-r-a-y he's an fbi guy says Oh, Christopher Ray? Yeah, the, okay. FBI director. All right. So Christopher Ray, we he said, we have very specific policies that have been at the department for a long time that govern our ability to use social media. What we can't do on social media is without proper predication and an authorized purpose, just monitor just monitor just in case on social media. Ray said, now if the policies could be changed to reflect that, that might be one of the important lessons learned coming out of this whole experience. That's not something that cur- that currently the FBI has either the authority or certain or certainly the resources, frankly, to do. So he's saying that they don't have enough surveillance resources on social media, which I think is complete bullshit. I was always under the assumption that like Facebook and all these other social media providers like kind of like do like their own monitoring for the FBI and the NSA. Yeah. They like hand over info. I mean, even Parler did it. <laughs> exactly. You handed over all this shit, and the FBI just ignored it. Maybe yeah. not ignored it, but somebody ignored it. Well, and that's also like you brought up the NSA. Like, wasn't the NSA okay? Didn't post nine eleven? Didn't they like figure out how to communicate between all of these departments? I think they. I don't know. I watched. I watched like they thing, Like an interview with Edward Edward Snowden was talking about what they created, and he said that. I think they're more or less just collecting all the data, but they're not sifting through it. Oh, okay. So, like, that all the data is getting, like, collected and stored, and but there's not enough manpower or computers to, like, sift through it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I can so, believe. Like, that's a lot of information. Like, yeah. do you think the government could actually literally read every single text message? It's imp- it would be impossible. Yeah, you'd have to, like have a a chinese like firewall thing going on (laughs) yeah i don't um but i I think some of these nuts give the government too much credit when it comes to surveillance like unless it's like an actual like direct the fbi is like outside your house like taking pictures because you're like a mob boss or something of that nature they're they're not they're not reading your text messages yeah you're not i mean for the most part, you're not really worth their, t- your, their time. Sure. But yeah, back in, you know, last June, during the George Floyd protests, there was a woman in Philadelphia who threw, like, just some burning shit at a cop car. And she got caught because they found her, the FBI found her shirt on Etsy. And her shirt was so, like, particular that they were able to go to, like, the Etsy seller and find out who she sold 
<laughs> those shirts to, and they tracked her down that way. Which, I don't know, I guess she committed a crime, so maybe that's what he's saying, is like, hey, she committed a crime, so then we were able to use the resources to actually track her down. But just things like that, like being able to just look at a picture, she that's had her face good, covered. Good detective work, actually. Yeah, she has her face covered, but she has a shirt on and, you know, all that, and they found her that way, and it's like, I don't know, I just think, I think that's a poor excuse. I guess that's all I'm going to say. I, I don't think we need to give the FBI more surveillance power over us. I mean, I, I've i said it many times. I think my solu- the solution isn't more security or surveillance or policing or whatever. It's just getting these people into a better place and making the lives of the working class better so that they don't get pissed off. I mean, yeah, you increase everybody's social economic conditions. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to do that. No, we don't. We just want to call them crazy and then just watch the shit show happen more so we can step in and beat their heads in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the, the American order. response. You can't... You just throw more police at it. Mm-hmm. You can't solve these problems. You have to just throw more police at it. I mean, hasn't, like, the police department... Budget for police departments increased overall since Biden has taken office? Um... Like, I'm not sure about that. That seems a little short term, but like well, it historically, is. yeah. I just think that you know nothing has changed since Biden has taken office. Really, no. It's pretty much like his immigration policy, his foreign policy, everything is pretty much still uh, the Trump administration. It's just we're nicer about it, or we say nicer things. Yeah, I think the only like discernible difference between the Democrats and trump's uh and maybe just republican party's foreign policy is just the climate action stuff like the paris climate accords or whatever right that's that's the only difference (laughs) they're pretty republicans and democrats are very lockstep when it comes to foreign policy very much point the biden administration's been pretty you know i i was kind of just i was disappointed that he's basically scrapped the student loan stuff um, he allowed the Republicans to come in and gut the infrastructure bill. Yep. Um, you know, they're not doing anything about minimum wage or the filibuster, ending the filibuster. It's like they're trying to get, they just want one bipartisan deal, but they're not going to ever get it. I mean, it's like we can't access like voter, um, or give voters access to the polls easier. But, uh, Chuck Schumer, I kind of saw the other day was trying to, just be like, fuck all this, guys. Let's just get back to the original deal. <laughs> so hopefully, I don't know, hopefully mm-hmm, with the infrastructure bill and the um, the filibuster. I was listening to CNN on SiriusXM, and one of the guys on there was Bernie Sanders came out with like a $6 trillion infrastructure bill, like co-sponsored it or wrote it himself. And since he's, yeah. the, budget, he's the budget chairman now, said we should pass it through reconciliation. But... The reporter was talking about, yeah, when I talked to like other Democrats on the Hill, they all just kind of rolled their eyes at it. It's like, this is like, yeah. yeah. Democrats don't want to do anything more. They, I mean, no, they don't want to go, they don't want to go big. They don't want to like actually like fix all these roads and provide like expand like broadband out and actually like upgrade all the infrastructure in this country. They don't really care. Yeah. And it's dumb. It's like, I don't, I don't know why it's kind of, well, and, what I thought was about, the, did you see anything about the Republicans? Like they, they came up with like a, I think like a, it was like $1 trillion plan. Yep. Like there's going to be no 
taxes raised on the rich and they were going to index it to like the gas tax and so yeah. they're just going to raise gas taxes to pay for it all and i i, and I read it, go ahead sorry well and it's like republicans fucking use gas tax increases to just harp on democrats so much like when they run for office they're just like oh look at the governor and wants to raise your taxes more blah 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 like in minnesota they did that to tim uh tim wallace they called him tax and timmy and in pennsylvania timmy yeah, in pennsylvania we had i think pennsylvania has like the second or third highest gas tax in the country and um they fucking berated the governor for that too and now they want to now they want to make all of the working class pay yeah. for the roads and shit and i'm sorry i'm gonna keep going but it i have long thought that roads like when i got my first job full-time job and i was driving back and forth to work every day in my car i'm like i am paying taxes for these fucking roads so that i can go to work like i pay to go to work it's so stupid like these rich people should be all these corporations should be the ones doing our infrastructure because they're the ones profiting off of it. Their fleets they, run on the run on the roads. That's what uh-huh. I was trying to say. It's yeah, like, they use the roads more than we do. We just use the roads to go to work. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe, maybe maybe one vacation a year. Maybe exactly. one. But usually it's every like three years or some shit. It's not mm-hmm. even every year. Yeah, the only time you're using the roads for leisure is or for your own, you know reasons or whatever is vacation and like going to pick up some food or going out to eat or whatever like i know like because an infrastructure encompasses like airports and dams and all this shit and it that's all for freight that is the majority of what goes over our infrastructure and beats our infrastructure up every day is freight so that's the people who need to be paying for it it's stupid yeah it's just typical republicans pass the buck to the working class to do it Mm-hmm. it's all they want to do it's like okay we'll we'll give you your infrastructure plan then they'll look like heroes like look what we built but they're gonna make you pay for it and that's what they've always done mm-hmm. and i don't know how republicans have done it but they have won over like so many working class voters saying that we'll give you more of your paycheck we'll cut your taxes just a sliver and we'll give you a little bit more of your paycheck but we won't advocate for them to pay you a little bit more absolutely not but you're getting a little bit more in your paycheck though because we just mm-hmm. lowered your tax just a tad but you'll be paying more in gas taxes now. Yeah. At least you got your new road, right? I'm sure yeah. you'll 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 blame that on tax and Timmy or whatever. Like it, it, it's almost they're they're so brilliant. Republicans are so brilliant. They are at like just like smoke and mirrors. Oh, look what the Democrats did. When it's they do it all the time, and I won't even deny that Democrats do it as well. Regular Democrats. Yeah. They're like yeah, we'll go along with this. It's bipartisan. Look, it's bipartisan. We're working together to fuck over the working class. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, I'm done. I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's, it's so infuriating. Sad. Like that's like the, if, I think the Dem- it would be such a good thing for the Democrats to come out and just be like, we're taking over. Like this is why we won all these elections. This is why we asked you. Like they, their whole pitch for the last election in 2020 was to save America. You know, it's like save America from Trump, you know, vote for Biden, get all these Democrats in office to do what to get a minority party to be, Oh, we can't get past this minority party. It's like, why do we elect you then? (laughs) I, I, well, I thought their whole biggest hype was 
just saying that we're going to bring back bipartisanship. We're going to bring back like working oh. together. We're going to save the soul of America. That is what Biden said all along. Mm-hmm. And too many Democratic voters as well are not very progressive. No. They're like upper middle class, my mm-hmm. favorite word. Yeah. Um, um, you know, they make a decent wage. They believe, yeah, sure. Why, we, can, we can help the poor a little bit more, but I'm comfortable in my situation. I don't want to change that. Yeah. But that's it. Like, that's what we're getting. And that's why so many of these moderate Democrats end up voting. I, I think they do end up voting for Republican when Democrats can get shit done. Yeah. That's why I voted for Trump. Yeah. People's lives haven't changed in like the past. Well, I don't know. People's wealth has decreased in the past 40 years. Yes. Some people didn't. I mean, some people didn't even have any wealth this entire time. Should add to that. And I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just saying it's all bullshit. And this, this reach out for, like, we need to be more bipartisan isn't working. It's not ever going to work. No. When you, when you have, like, Mitch McConnell's and Kevin McCarthy's in the Republican Party, it's just not going to happen. So yeah. you just need to go full-blown progressive. Just, just go. Just go for it. Just go. They should. They, te- they definitely should. I mean, I, I think it would only aid them in the next election, the midterms coming up, to be more progressive because or, and actually get something done. Because now it just looks like the Democrats haven't delivered on anything. And, and what are they going to do? They're, I, I bet you what's going to happen is they're all going to run on, oh, look at the Republicans wouldn't let us do a, a commission to investigate January 6th. Yeah, That's all they're going to stand on. And honestly... The only people who care about that January 6th thing are us. No one, no regular voter is going to give a shit about January 6th the next, with the next time the midterms are coming up. So it's like, just fucking work. Well, I re- stuff done. Yeah, I remember hearing like an interview with like, I don't, I don't remember, some Democratic member of Congress saying, do you think, because they were talking about the culture wars, Republicans are playing the culture role wars really hard here. They're talking about Dr. Seuss, blah, 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 blah. It's like, do you think that's going to work in the midterms? She's like, you know, I don't think so. I think that, you know, voters vote in their pocketbook. And I think he's right. But what the Republicans can do is say like, okay, you pass this overpriced um, COVID bill, which I don't think it was. I'm not saying it, but that's what Republican talking points will be. And now you're going to have this crazy, like this inflation. So prices are going to skyrocket. Going into the midterms, you'll be like, you see, they spent too much. Now you have all this inflation. Look at how high, like, even though the president doesn't control, like, gas prices, stuff, but they say, look how high gas is. Look how high food is. Look how high every price is. We told you this would happen, and then they're going to make people vote for Republicans. Yeah. Bottom line. God. Yeah, that's, that's worrisome. <laughs> I mean, Republicans are, like, great at this shit. They, I, give yeah, them they credit. Are. Like, they are good. They, they can steer that message, and they can steal it and just take it. I agree. And I mean, yeah, and they they have control of all the or most of the state legislatures. So now they're going to be able to keep gerrymandering all these districts and blah blah blah. And it's just like, come on, they need the re- they need to unleash the burn. Just let Bernie Sanders off the and inst- like when they say like, are you going to raise? Are you actually talking about raising taxes for universal? Damn right. And then we're going to just like, you know, just like say shit like that. Be like, damn right, but we're going to do good shit with it. Exactly. Like, like, I think people comprehend the idea of going into debt to better your situation. Like, 
buying a house or buying a car. You know, people go into debt to do that shit all the time. Whether or not they should is another question, but they realize the value of borrowing money. So if we tell them, hey, we're investing in you, that would be a winning message in my view. Like, yeah, we're spending a ton of money, but it's for you. You know, you're going to benefit from this. And I mean, and I know corporations will too, but it's like you're going to, the, the common working man is going to, working person is going to benefit from this, any infrastructure bill we do. Right. It's going to boost, it boosts, it's, it's the economy. It hurts nobody. You, you can't. Else, everybody. I know that I, I just, I'm just thinking right now, like mental gymnastics about like, um, you hear like United We Stand all the time as like a conservative talking point all, all along. It's like, okay, so why don't we work more united and do more collective things like, you know, universal health care, make public education well free, but like uh, college free. And, you know, why don't we just like invest like, and when you say college, like trade schools as well, mm-hmm. like they should be like tuition free as well. Like, why don't we like unitedly like have all these um, programs and make everybody's lives a little bit better. God damn it, I'm an individual. You can't take my money and you're going to tax me more. It's just like... Yeah. It, are are people, we one country or are we not? Like People hate new schools. Yes, they do. I, I don't understand that at all. Like, How do people not see a, a schoolhouse as like a good investment for your community? You know? And like in, when I was in Erie, they wanted to build a tech school downtown because a lot of the poor people in Erie, like Erie, I think is one of the poorest zip codes is in one of the poorest zip codes in the country. But like most of the poor people live in the city and they don't have access to transportation that would take them to the tech school that's outside of the city. So they wanted to build one downtown. So these people could go to school for stuff because there's like a pretty big, uh, there's a decent manufacturing base there, like with like metal fabrication, but there is a huge plastic injection mold uh industry there and that's what this place would teach it teach these people how to work in places like that and then they would get jobs where they could make 15 20 25 dollars an hour and live comfortably and you know grow their family tree you know get change their family tree that's what dave ramsey says change their family tree with you know just being more wealthy name (laughs) we're gonna talk about dave ramsey on this this podcast but yeah, everyone comes down there and they're just screaming like, no, no tax dollars going to that shit. When there's private tech schools there that charge people. I would talk to some of the business owners around there, you know, when I was selling metal, they would tell me that they had welders from these private schools that, and they would get charged 30 grand to get a welding certificate. That is highway robbery. Like, I'm sorry, but... 30 grand for a welding certificate is not worth it. They should develop some free like apprenticeship programs at that point if they're not going to just make a school. Like I could see like usually welding certificates are like a 3 like 3 to 9 month program somewhere in there I believe. To pay 30 grand for that? That is insanity. Like <laughs> it shouldn't be that way at all. Yeah, I mean going back to about the apprenticeship, I think we've talked about in the podcast too, is like we should just make that more uh, common throughout all the workplaces. Mm-hmm. Like even like um, 
companies, most of your jobs there, like, don't necessarily need a degree. They they train you on hand there, but mm-hmm. they require a degree to hire you. But your but your job has nothing to do with the degree you got. So I kind of think that we should adopt more like apprenticeship programs. You know, not as many people need to go to college. They don't. Mm-hmm. I then, agree. Like raise up trade schools and put as much value on trade schools as you do like a four year university. Have more apprenticeship programs for you know jobs that don't require an actual degree. Instead of requiring degrees for you to like go work at that place. And half the time you get that job and they're only paying you like what thirty thousand dollars a year anyways, you got those loans you gotta pay back now. Yeah. Most working class people. I yeah, I'd I'd like to know what the average income is for someone out of college because I mean I know a lot of people just aren't even using their degree. I think most people don't use their degree. All right. So that uh no, 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 yeah, I don't I don't think so. So all right. It's saying most people who are college graduates, they're getting fifty grand out of out of college. So that, but I, I'm sure that it, that must be skewed because of all like the finance people and stuff. Yeah, the finance people <laughs> and those who got like those who know how to code and going out making like eighty, ninety grand a year. Yeah, but like the people who become like teachers or like even myself becoming going into sales and. All that I did not make fifty grand out of college, and I think the average isn't the average for a first year teacher in Minnesota like thirty grand. I have no idea. It's not. It's more if you have like a master's degree, Mm -hmm. but it's still not much. Yeah, yeah. One of our friends up in the cities about it. He didn't make that much money coming out, and yet I mean you don't. But yeah, it's it's a lot about how options you have, I guess, when you're a teacher. But but still, like I I agree, you don't. Um, like a lot of the t- two-year certificates are probably better for you, like just to be a, like a, a radiologist or whatever. Or a, it's like relatively easy job. I actually kind of looked into becoming self. <laughs> <laughs> but elevator mechanics—you don't even need to go to school for that. You can join a union, and you have to pay them for their apprenticeship program. Um, but if you're an elevator mechanic, you can make like seventy bucks an hour. Yeah, insane. I mean, there's a there's also a growing need for like people in the trades right now as well. Like we need more electricians and plumbers and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And they're, I don't know, they're they're very good careers for people who want to do that. I agree, but I think I don't know. We some we just I feel like there's a stigma a lot, and I think it's changing. But for the longest time, like, there's a stigma around, like, even just being working class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're just, like, I remember when I worked at the gun club and we were doing, uh, we were digging a hole or some shit and, like, mowing the large, just doing, like, hard work. And then went in and the guy in there said, like, what you learned today is, like, you're going to go home and you're going to say, Mom, I want to go to college so I don't have to do this again. (laughs) Just diminishing, (laughs) diminishing the hard work, being like, so if you don't yeah. get a degree, you're just going to be out breaking your back the whole time. Yeah. Well, there's two sides to that. There's one, like, that's not necessarily true. Two, you should be like, that man, that human being is working hard, so they should get paid more and have a decent wage. And three, there's nothing wrong with hard work. No. Like, there, like some people see the value in working, working with your hands every day. Yeah, and, some people are happier that way. Yeah. And, the, and how often do we hear that... Um, well, not here, but it's true. Like people who do like the hardest labor end up getting paid the less because it's quote unquote unskilled. Mm-hmm. So that that mentality is going to change as well. But 
Well, yeah, I think it's just meant to cause division. I mean, I even like between like people who work out on the floor or work in the office, I feel like there's a a little bit of a stigma there. You know, they don't really like each other. You know, it's a kind of seen as like management or whatever, but um, or just a pain in the ass. I mean, in my case, where I, in the industry I work in, I I always try to have a very good relationship with the people who work on the floor because I I realize that I depend on them. And sometimes it comes back with like, hey, if that guy doesn't sell anything, I don't have a job where if he doesn't perform well, I'm not going to be able to sell anything. Kind of, you know, it's that type of, that's kind of the mentality that I take. When, take with it. We depend on each other and we should respect each other. Um, but yeah, yeah a lot t- of- It's a team effort. We're all in mm-hmm. this together. And And I think everyone needs to realize like, especially the, you know, moderate, corporate dems (laughs) like like the big cities that you live in they're not going to work if you don't have people cleaning the streets or fixing water mains or you know building buildings you know things like that like or or even you know serving coffee or being a waiter at a restaurant you know or working at a grocery store if those people aren't around your city's gonna suck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen uh, for moderately big cities like sewer workers, they're only paying like 12 bucks an hour. God, like sewer horrible. sewage workers. Like what? Like what? I uh I heard another interview on NPR and it was like a restaurant owner. And she was she said that basically like they're increasing like yeah, we're increasing pay to try and get more people back to work in the kitchen. And like all these companies are saying now, yeah, we're raising pay to get workers to come back. Yeah, we're raising pay. Like this is just out of the pandemic, so they could have done it beforehand. When a lot of them let them go or docked their pay in a lot yeah. of cases, they could have paid them more back before the pandemic, and they just didn't. And the and sh- like the quote from what she was saying is like, this is the nuts and bolts of like our our company or our restaurant or whatever, wherever the place was. And it's like that's it. Like the nuts and bolts of these businesses are like the truck drivers, they're like the warehouse workers, they're like the manufacturers, like they're your retail workers on the floor, they're like the like salesmen out there, you know, doing doing the work. Mm-hmm. That's your like that's your lifeblood here, basically making your company go. And they deserve to have a living wage. They deserve to have a good comfortable life. You not don't shortchange them so they have to work two jobs. Then they're going to just be miserable employees. For sure. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Dude, even like the the, sh- the short amount of time where I worked, like when I was in college, I would work a couple of jobs, but that were two part-time jobs, so it wasn't different. But, but for like five or six months, I worked two jobs as full-time at my regular job and then part-time. I was a pizza guy and a bartender. Uh, not at the same time, but for that span of time um and it just sucked like i couldn't imagine doing that my entire life yeah i remember because like when i worked two part-time jobs when i was working x place and then the other x place i would work from like 5 30 to 1 at, at the one place and then work 3 to 10 at the other place Ugh. And I would do I would do that three times a week, and then work a Saturday. And I was working like fifty to seventy hours a week. And that, was, that went on for like two years. That's horrible. And, that, and then when I finally got a full time job, I was making relatively the same amount of money as working those two jobs. 
but that's kind of like how many more companies now are just like they don't want to work, hire full time people. They just want to work, like hire part time people. And so that sure. requires for people to have two part time jobs or three even. Yeah. Or temp employees. Yeah. When I when I worked at uh, SPX, um, I was a temp employee and it was fine for me because I was just a summer between college. And but like there is a lot of people who that's all they did was temp work and they would just bounce around from you know factory to factory to factory and they're only making like nine ten bucks an hour and it is it's crazy and you know they wouldn't have any benefits and then that job finding company would take part of your paycheck and that's why you make nine ten bucks an hour is because two or three bucks goes to the person who found you the job that is criminal in my opinion like the only (laughs) person paying those temp agencies should be the company that well, technically they do. They pay them with your wage. But the, the company that uses their services should be paying them a service fee. It shouldn't be coming out of your paycheck. Like, how? that's so grimy. <laughs> we'll get you this job, but you got to give us a cut. Yeah, it's like, not only they're taking, I mean, and, and I guess they, I mean, because they're taking all liability for you getting hurt and stuff like that as well. But it's just, how often does that happen? You know, first of all, how often does that happen? And they should just, I I feel like you could still convince a corporation to use your temp agency without siphoning money from that, the employees. That's kind of just because a lot of people who use temp agencies are like people who are down on their luck mm-hmm. or like people who are like, um, you know, people out of prison a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. And so it's it, to me, it almost seems kind of predatory because like if they went and tried to find jobs on their on their own. A lot of times they wouldn't even get hired by these companies because yeah. of the stigma, which is wrong. I'm going to say that right now. It's wrong. You shouldn't be discriminating against people for their past. But then they have to go to a temp agency who will get them hired onto that job, and then they take a cut of their pay. Mm-hmm. Like it's a ridiculous amount of middlemen. It is. It's stupid. I went when I the first place I worked at. I was talking to a guy out on the floor, and he told me he'd been working there for 40 years. So he got, had gotten the job back in the 70s, and he, uh, he told me at the time he used a temp agency, but they didn't take... It was a different type of temp agency. Like The agency got them a job with the company. It wasn't like, you're working for the temp agency at this company. You're actually employed by that company now. And they took like 10% of his starting pay. So that was their fee, was 10% of the starting pay. It's like, oh, hey, my first year on the job, I'm like poor and broken, need a job. I'll just have to pay these guys, you know, 10% of my income for a year. Great. God. It's so stupid. I don't, I I don't, yeah, I don't even, I I don't know. I'm speechless. I don't know. It's, it is absolutely dumb. Half the time when we talk about this shit, I just feel so hopeless. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like I always feel like we can bitch, rant, and complain all we want on this podcast but it's almost like is anything actually going to get better yeah i mean i hope so it at least for the short term people are going to be making more money and uh right i know the conservatives are like your burrito's 40 cents more now thanks thanks a lot lazy workers and it's like fuck off i mean yeah the the trend was happening before covid it was i mean i i remember a lot of 
you know, McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's and Walmart and Amazon did raise their their starting wage. It wasn't as great as it is now, but they were. I mean, I saw a lot of McDonald's were like, hey, 11, 12 bucks an hour, you know, um, which isn't great, but it's better than, you know, minimum wage. I, I'm, I'm hoping with like the pandemic, because I keep hearing people say like, it's the great reset. It's the great reset. And I'm kind of hoping that's true. Like we need to, at the bare minimum, we need to um, catch wages back up to what they should be. Yes. What they have fallen off for the past like 40 years. They need to catch up to what they, they should have been. And I think with that ProPublica rele- uh, like, release of like what rich people actually pay in taxes, like billionaires. Yeah. I think that's going to have serious backlash and people are just going to be pissed. I Well, okay. Let, let me just, I'm getting a glimmer of hope here and I'm already taking it away. Because <laughs> shit ain't going to fucking change. Because as soon as we talk about taxing billionaires more, Republicans are going to say, did you hear that? They want to tax you more. You! <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. I don't know. I, I do hope I think one thing that the pandemic showed everybody, no matter what side of the spectrum you're on, was that America has sold all of its manufacturing base out to other countries, and we were hardly able to to handle it. I mean, we're over 600,000 people dead now. Um, Everyone wants to think the pandemic's over, but it's not. Um, And we were just so ill-equipped going into this. I remember seeing the, the governor of... an. I don't it's not so much criticism of him as it is just the state of our country but the governor of Pennsylvania released on like all social media and everything a diagram of how to make your own mask cuz they don't have enough fucking masks for us that is pathetic that is completely completely pathetic like with the help of Russia obviously but we part of the reason we won like World War 2 is because we have such a great manufacturing base and we can't even make fucking masks for everybody. Yeah. You have to make it yourself at home. Take an old t-shirt, cut it up, and turn it into a mask. That's so fucking pathetic. <laughs> like, are we but, in the Great Depression era or something? Like, this is bullshit. We should have enough as a country to provide for everybody. It's you no keep, questions asked. You gotta keep costs low. Mm-hmm. You gotta keep costs low to the bare minimum, because if you're not gonna... You gotta raise those profit margins. You're not thinking like a capitalist here, Kevin. How are you going to raise those profit margins if you keep these costs as lo- without keeping these costs as low as possible? God. Not it doesn't mean you have to prepare for anything. Like if if you pre- you got to be more reactive than proactive. Just saying yeah. that right now. If you want to be a true capitalist, that's that's exactly what you got to be. Yeah. You got to be able to think on your feet quick and figure out how to make a profit quick. You know what I'm saying here? <laughs> so, don't prepare. Need- I mean, don't prepare for anything. Just be reactive and the fittest will survive. If you're smart, you'll survive. Exactly. That's what it's about, baby. Now, I'm, a, I'm on my soapbox here, so I'm going to talk like a capitalist here. You want to make fucking money here? You know what I'm saying? You need to go out there and hustle right now. If you're sitting there listening to this podcast, you need to turn it off right now. You need to go <laughs> out. You need to start driving Uber. <laughs> and throwing all your extra cash into Robin Hood and making a qu- quick buck. There. Do some day trading. Oh, my God. I'm doing... I'm... L- learn to code. Yeah, I I was gonna say uh, one thing I am worried about with with the pandemic is another thing I heard because manufacturing and like labor have already gotten like shafted hard when they shipped all those jobs overseas. 
Now that we had like all these people working from home and found out that you could work from home, I'm hearing about how white collar workers now they're going to start outsourcing those jobs. For sure. So they can like have remote workers from places you got to pay less. I mean, now yeah, the pretty- not white collar workers like what's going to happen in this consumer economy when you have no consumers? I know. I've I've wondered about that quite a bit. I mean, that's kind of when you I honestly think in uh automation won't be the reason why they give everybody UBI. It's because automation is going to happen and then no one's going to have money and they're going to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to give them some money to buy stuff. What was it? Elon Musk is, is it his wife, fiance, girlfriend, Grimes. whoever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about like how AI is going to like <laughs> achieve true communism. <laughs> Force charming is not a vibe. <laughs> what's, what's his name? The, the music music guru on YouTube came out and talked about like it has nothing to do with like the innovation of labor. It has to do who owns it. Yeah. Like maybe there should be more collective ownership of things. I, I'm gonna stop right there before I sound like a like a like a communist here. But I'm we're talking about democratizing d- democratizing more things. Then maybe we should yeah. make things more democratic. Well, yeah. I mean, I think just private property in general is, is stupid. I, <laughs> don't, don't take my home away. Yeah, I, I, away. Like we I just bought it. <laughs> it it is. I mean, and I'm just mad at capitalism, I guess. But um, it it, it, <laughs> it it's just dumb. I mean, I, that we can provide provide for everybody, but yet there's just been this individualistic culture that's been driven into all of our minds that we need to work hard, and our 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 worth is. Our worth is based off our job, you know, as an individual. What did you do to, you know, make yourself better? Which I understand making yourself better and self-improvement in terms of, like, just being a nicer person or loving yourself more and loving others and, you know, working on that kind of stuff. But getting a job doesn't make you a better person. And people shouldn't look to getting a job as a sense of self-worth because you're not giving, you're not, you are not giving yourself worth by getting a job, you are accepting what someone else thinks you are worthy of when you get a job. Right. They pay you to do a job. They think you're worth that much. It's not you. Sure, you can pick and choose your jobs, but that only goes so far. Like, how long are you going to be unemployed before you just take something? Right. You know? So it's like, to find worthiness through your career... Unless, I mean, I'd say the only way that you could find self-worth through work is if it's something you're doing on a volunteering basis, you know, stuff that you do on your own. Or, or if you're you actually, build, sorry, you build your own thing. Passionate about what you're doing. Exactly. You know, if you're doing your passion, working your passion. But I think it's, it's very, yeah, it's, I, I think it's very dangerous to, to connect your self-worth to working. It's, you can work anytime. You work when you fucking lift weights. You work when you go for a walk. You're working. Your your body is working. When you wake up in the morning and you take a breath, you're constantly working. So just find self-worth in yourself. Don't let somebody else tell you what you're worth. It's it's dumb. You're just doing a job. You're not building your identity or anything. You're just doing a fucking job and that's all there is to it. Well, we tie we tie our work to our identity for sure. Um it, like I often say that this country seems like it's going through a collective identity crisis constantly every mm-hmm. single one of us and i kind of just blame like how our society we live in a society 
like how how are like a culture and society builds this individualistic lonely society that we talking about like the last podcast last mm-hmm. episode and we're just trying to find like we're always constantly trying to find who we are Mm-hmm. It's we're never like we're never good enough, or like we're never hustling hard enough. We're never keeping up with our neighbors. Like our lawn's never good enough. Like mm-hmm. not making enough money. Like your worth is, well, your worth is your wealth in this country. Exactly, and we look and, down on the neighbor who has a shittier house, and we look down on the neighbor who, yes. you know, has a shitty car, and we just think of it as an eyesore. But really, it's just another fucking person, and they are dealing with the same shitty economic system that everyone else is dealing with and we need to make that economic system work for everybody because they should it should be working for us we shouldn't be working for it take it easy eugene debs like (laughs) talking (laughs) socialism over here yeah i mean finding finding your worth that's going to be a task every individual is going to have to go through and we can't provide that on this podcast i'm sorry Just don't tie it to your job. That's all I. That's that's what I advocate for. It's all nothing. Uh, <laughs> but I don't. I don't even know what to say anymore, Kevin. Yeah, you got, well, you got me riled up, feeling <laughs> hopeless. Nothing's ever going to change. Well, no, it, it'll change. Like I was saying earlier, I think no matter what side of the spectrum you're on, I think the pandemic truly showed the shortcomings of our economic system and our society. Uh, and I. I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping people will just see through the bullshit. I, and I'm really, I am actually optimistic that Trump was a blip. I don't think Trump's going to come back. And I don't know how big of a power broker he's going to be. Um, I really don't think it's that. I think people, I think maybe the media wants you to think it's a big threat so that we, you know, vote for Biden again or whatever. But I, I mean, the, I think people are starting to see how crazy Republicans are and at the very least, I think the moderate Democrats are going to at least have the executive branch. Yeah, 2022 will be the first test of this mm-hmm. midterms. Um, what I was going to say is Fox News did a... I just saw it on my phone. Like Fox News did a straw poll, and Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is polling the highest of like the approval rating. And then Donald Trump is actually number two. Okay. At 70-something. So we got my man Ron down in Florida... <laughs> Who's gonna come strong and hopefully win the 2024 election? I'm just kidding. Yeah. I God, that would be terrible. Well, I, just I I think I mean what we what I think it, it doesn't get brought up with Trump. Like everyone thinks the power was just all within these psycho you know you know rural areas wherever where these people were like psychos and voted for fascists, but they weren't the only ones. It was also a lot of suburban places voted for Trump yeah. because these people. And, and this is what I'm going to choose to believe is that these people in the suburban areas, they just hated Hillary Clinton and they did not understand the consequences of voting for a president like Trump. They just did not understand what that meant. They did not understand who he was. They just thought he was a different guy and he would shake things up in D.C. And they didn't like Hillary, so they didn't vote for it. When Joe Biden won, he got all those suburbs back. And so that's and so Obama did that too. Obama got all the suburbs, and that's what the moderate Democrat does: is they pander to purple state suburbs. And mm-hmm. I really do think that the Trump experience 
is going to be ingrained in these voters' minds for the rest of their life. And they're not going to vote for Republicans anymore because Republicans typically just don't perform well there. They perform well in rural areas, and that's why yeah. they have a lot of the state legislatures. And so I, I think, at the very least, the executive branch is probably going to stay Democrat for quite a while. Whether or not we have Congress is a whole different story, but I do believe that we're going to have a Democratic president. And so basically what I think we, and I've said this before, what I think we have to look forward to is basically Obama's term again and again and again and again and again and again until like a great depression happens or something it just gets a little bit more progressive each time i don't think it will i think it'll just be obama mm. that's what i think it's gonna be it's gonna be neolit it, at the very least in the executive branch i think we're going to have a democratic president for a very long time unless they put some dog shit out like hillary clinton again but like unless something really big happens again i don't think i i really don't think they're gonna lose the white house and so the only thing we really have to look forward to is that they can veto any crazy ass laws these Republicans put forward because I don't think the Republicans are going to be able to like have the majority enough to in Congress to like override a veto. Um, so anyway, that's what I think is going to happen. I think we're just going to be in gridlock basically yeah. on the federal level even longer than we already have been. Yeah. It would be smart if, also, just on top of it, I mean, just keep working at that. But Democrats need to do a better job of like reaching out, like reaching out to these rural areas that have been hijacked by Republican talking points. They're small communities, so like it's just one big echo chamber out there. Somebody who lives in a rural community, they're, like they're good, wholesome, like <laughs> talking like there's like I needed to, like good, wholesome working people out here. Yeah, and they've just a lot of the time the talking points are just getting hijacked, and they feel yeah. ab- they feel abandoned and. And it's all, it is about your pocketbook. The economic growth and everything doesn't trickle down out here. And it, it, it causes people to be resentful. That's why they vote for somebody like Trump. Mm-hmm. So, like, especially in Minnesota, where the Democratic Farmer Labor um, Party, well, the farmers don't even vote for the DFL. No. You know? So, like, you need to get out there. Like, tell them, like, this is what we're going to do for you. This is what we can do. And you need to fight back against the Republican talking points. Mm-hmm. Because I remember my, my, my dad used to tell me how his, um, his grandparents as farmers were always Democrats. They were FDR Democrats. And somewhere, somewhere along the lines that it got, they, they got, like, they felt abandoned. I think it was probably during... I don't know, the Clinton years or something. I I don't know when it happened. I don't. Yeah. But somewhere down the line, the farmers flipped, and the rural communities flipped to Republicans. And then Republicans with their smoke and mirrors have just pushed out all these talking points, and people buy into it. Yeah. I think a really good way to get farmers and rural folk back on the bandwagon would be to get rid of property taxes in favor of income taxes raise the income tax on rich people and get rid of property taxes because then farmers who have a lot of acreage don't get owned whenever you want to right. do something i mean that i mean that's why they, they always oppose like the schools like hardcore because of that because exactly. they get hit really hard with like property tax increases yeah increasing like having things like wealth taxes uh i've heard once about like because Rich people borrow money against their assets. That's why they can live a low-tax life. Mm-hmm. Tax that. If they take out $10, $10 million loans on, on their assets, start taxing it. 
that's income now. It's not yeah. a loan, it's income. Tax it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and interest rates are so low that they could probably just like invest any money they loan out and make money on it. So I'm going to take this $10 million loan and I'm going to put <laughs> $5 million of it in the stock market and make a big, turn that into like $50 million. Oh my God, yeah. dude. And then they can, so their income is so low at this point, they can hold that shit for over a year and then when they sell it, they don't have to pay capital gains tax because they don't have any income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> income Ooh. tax. Ding, 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 ding. That's what we need to fucking do. <laughs> Gotta go after these rich people's money and, all right. and stop taxing all these working class folk. But We're all in this together, people. Exactly. That's the bottom line. Whether you vote Republican, Democrat, you're working class, we're all in this together and we need to realize that. Mm-hmm. Stop fighting. I know we pick on the Republicans a lot, but I know a lot of brainwashed Democrats as well. That are just- for sure. Everyone who, any, any, any Democrat who didn't vote for uh, Bernie Sanders in the primary is brainwashed. <laughs> what are you talking about? We had good old Joe. We had a better life on a silver platter for all you people, and you spit in our face. <laughs> you had even, even Lindsey Graham, a man I cannot stand, said that there. Even he himself said there is no better ally to the working man than Bernie Sanders. Hell yeah! Even Lindsey Graham said that. Like, good lord! Like, even Republicans are telling you. That he's the best ally for the working man, and we still can't vote for him because he's socialist. At bare minimum, our society should be more like Nordic social democracies. For sure. Bare minimum. I'm all riled up. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, we've been, we're over an hour now. You want to wrap her up? Yeah, that was good talk about coffee beans. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, let's bring, let's bring this home. So, coffee, get your own beans. Get a coffee grinder. You can get a Mr. Coffee. Get a burr grinder. Don't get a blade grinder. Get a burr grinder when you're grinding coffee beans. And and start going out buying whole bean. Support your local roastery if you can. Um, if you're in the southern Minnesota area, I recommend Straight River Coffee. Very good, uh, very good beans so far. And and go for their African bean section because I'll I'll be honest. Uh, this these bags I got, they were packaged in March. They're good for six months. Whole beans are, but obviously that means they're not really uh moving too many African beans. So, you know what? Just step out of your comfort zone a little bit and get some African beans. Um, thanks for all your knowledge, Kevin. There is one <laughs> thing. I wanted to say, I think I wanted to say this at the beginning of the podcast, but I forgot. It's just like I don't think this really needs to be said, but I'm going to say it anyways. Is that for people who don't know, this is an opinion podcast, and like when I listened to our last episode, we ain't the smartest bunch here, and half the time we're just learning stuff as we go. So don't take our word as you know the sacred texts. We're just venting. It's the way we do it. Yeah, we're we're just trying to guide people through this this mess, but uh, they have to find out their own story. Class solidarity. Um, but uh, I did. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I did want to to use this opportunity for some corrections. Um, I think in the last podcast, I call said Detroit was in Dearborn County. It's in Wayne County. Dearborn is a city near Detroit, and I believe that's where the Rich People Haven is. Uh, and also in the very first podcast, I said eucalyptus trees in uh, Louisiana. It was uh, cypress trees. So, corrections. 
There's many more corrections that probably need to be made, but we're not going to make them. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll make the ones that I remember. <laughs> Everything else I said is 100% true, in fact. <laughs> All right. But anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, Bye, guys.